0: Going on, everybody. Welcome back to the Go In the Distance podcast presented by Immaculatesports.com. Twitter's at a max sports.
1: Instagram is also at a max
0: sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 88. History was made this week in baseball. History will be made in a couple weeks from now with the NBA. Mm-hmm. Conference finals.
1: That's true. And we'll see some history today, too, of the draft lottery. We'll know who's going mm-hmm. number one. As of right now, we do not know that. Uh, but we'll find out later on in the show mm-hmm. uh, as that stuff comes out. Uh, usual talk, though, we're going to be talking about baseball in the first half. Uh, once we get to just before this uh, halftime starts, we're going to talk about our very early NFL seeding predictions and our Super Bowl winner. Because the NFL schedule came out this past week. So we got a lot of fun games on there. And then in the second half, we're going to talk about the Sixers and the Suns and if they might blow it up in this offseason. And then obviously we got to talk about the conference finals and our predictions for those two, those two series and who is going to meet in the 2022 NBA finals. Let's go ahead and take it to the opener. Let's get what was the favorite thing that you saw from this past week?
0: I really liked the Dallas domination in game 7 over the Phoenix Suns here. 123 to 90. Luka Doncic 35 points. Spoiler, he's the player of the week. Uh completely shutting down Chris Paul and uh and Devin Booker here, combining for 21 points only in game 7 and uh easier matchup for our uh, Warriors. So we'll take it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good job by Luca for sure. We'll talk more about him in a little bit. But the favorite thing that I saw has to be the Dubs taking down the Grizzlies. Uh, it seems now at this point that they're our biggest rival. And uh kind of takes that role of the Houston Rockets, OKC Thunder, mm-hmm. uh, back in the 15, 16, 17, 18 time. Uh, but being the Grizzlies is good. I'm very happy to say that we did that. Uh, Dylan Brooks had a few interesting comments on Twitter. I won't go over those because those aren't really worth your time. I just know that Dylan Brooks is a fraud and (laughs) the Dubs win. So we have that. That's good. Let's go ahead and get to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. And like Skyler was saying, it's got to be Luca. Just in this past week alone, uh, I guess if you can – include the game that happened last Tuesday night. The stats aren't as good, but more specifically game six and seven for Luca. Uh, and there are two big wins over Phoenix in game six. He had 33 points in 35 minutes uh, in their 113 to 86 win over the suns. Obviously 11 rebounds, eight assists, big game for Luca there. And then in game seven, this man was on one 35 points, 10 rebounds, four assists in just 30 minutes. And their 33 or yeah 33 point victory over Phoenix and I mean man this this was one crazy game at at halftime Luka had as many points as the Phoenix Suns did at 27 (laughs) so I guess you could say oh Luka only had eight points in second half but we all know that game was over once it got to the third quarter Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen somebody smile after every single shot that he makes every single time down the floor, he was smirking into the, the Phoenix crowd. And let's just say it's, it's good that I'm not a Phoenix fan because I would be very, very annoyed and pissed off at a guy like Luca Don's if he's not doing that to my team. And hopefully he doesn't do it to our team because we play yeah. him next in this round. <laughs> let's go ahead and get to the team reports. Now Skyler. Tell me about if uh, the Jets did anything this past week.
0: Uh, they did not. So uh, we'll tell you about the A's. Awesome. Uh, a couple bad weeks in a row here, but they went 5-5 five and five in the last 10. They're at least playing some some exciting games. Uh, but it's kind of a lost season already, which is disappointing. But for us, we're going to watch the games anyways. Kyle was there the other night. Last night. Yeah, right?
1: yeah, well, yeah. I was. I was indeed there last night. And those counter. five wins, four of them did come against the Detroit Tigers. So I guess those are kind of wins of an asterisk. Because ever since those Tigers beat us in 2012 and 2013, we've had their number uh, for all the time that they've been bad. And I know, I think we had like an 18-game win streak against them at one point. Oh, uh, but that since has passed. And it looks like we are... I'm curious what our record are is, is against them since like 2013, or not 2013, oh. 2015 or so. It's definitely... Definitely pretty, pretty good. Let's go ahead and get to the spotlight now. One of the newer segments on our show where we spotlight something that we probably wouldn't have talked about anyways on our show. I'm talking about a few relievers today. Skylar's talking about some hockey. Mm-hmm. What do you got with Calgary and the Dallas Stars?
0: All right. So this was a game seven. All of the boys were tuning in. Not all of us are huge hockey fans, but uh, it was a great game. I was I was convinced to watch this one. It was amazing. Calgary wins it. They beat Dallas. Uh, their, their goalie, I'm blanking on the name, Odinger Uh, ottinger
1: stars goalie was amazing
0: thank you the stars goalie 64 saves but it wasn't enough they blew it and now we got the battle of alberta edmonton calgary in the next round are we tuning in for that of course course. gotta watch my boy mcdavid let's
1: go (laughs) i want to talk about a few relievers in the mlb because it seems like every single year a lot of these guys go unnoticed uh and just about every team has, has one or two of these guys that are uh, very, very good. And I want to talk about the A's, one of those guys, and that's A.J. Puck. And he is finally doing stuff in the big leagues, and it's so good to see as an A's fan. He has 12 appearances so far, 16 and a third innings pitched, only 11 hits allowed, only one earned run, only three walks, and 15 strikeouts in 12 games. Uh, that gives him a .55 ERA, together. AJ Puck, he might not be Randy Johnson because I don't think he's ever going to pitch very consistently in the rotation. Maybe we see that later on in the year. Who knows? But it is very, very exciting to see a guy like AJ Puck do well in the big leagues because we all know it ha- has had that potential. The other guy I want to talk about is the Cardinals, Ryan Hel- Helsley. He's got a couple L's in his last name, makes it a little hard to say. But this dude. I don't think I've ever seen a reliever more dominant than him. 11 and two thirds innings right now, 21 strikeouts, one hit, and one walk are the only, only base runners he's allowed. He's allowed two base runners in 11.2 innings of work. Skeller, can you guess what that whip is?
0: 0.006.
1: 0.1. It's a 0.1 whip right now. That's, like unheard of at this point, his opponent, Shades average. Brian Presley <laughs> is opponent Opponent average is uh, just 30. So yeah. Yeah. This Pretty dude's nice. going ham right now. He's throwing one Oh two, one Oh three. And uh car got it going on a little bit right now. They are playing some good baseball as of late. So I just want to talk about a few relievers there. Maybe I have, I'll have a few more next week. Cause I know there's a couple other guys that have been going ham for I other teams as well. Days reliever update that's not a bad one let's go ahead and get to where's your head at now but we are going to start off with the same thing that we start off every week the Mm -hmm. player pitcher and rookie of the week I think I know who the rookie of the week is and then maybe the pitcher as well uh but first off let's go ahead and get the player of the week who is it
0: well we got another uh Tyler Gilbert award winner Kyle it's Reed Detmers for me nine innings complete game shutout against Tampa Bay pretty good and uh, also, by the way, didn't allow any hits.
1: Yeah. Pretty no hitters good. are pretty special.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. A real so no hitter. Reed Detmers is definitely going to be uh, my rookie and pitcher of the week. But I decided to go with Bryce Harper for my player of the week because why not? Give him a shot. He hit 600 over the week. So it's it's pretty big deal for him. Nine for 15, three homers and eight RBIs. So Reed Detmers really sweeps everything here, but yeah, I uh, want to talk about Harper a little bit. And then also Hunter Green as well. That was my honorable innings. mention
0: for the pitcher uh, and rookie.
1: Yeah. Five walks isn't good. That equivalent to one earned run, but no hits over seven and third innings and nine strikeouts for Hunter Green. He struggled a lot, but it's good to have him or good to see him have a good performance because regardless, if we weren't talking about the five walks, one earned run over seven and a third is some really good baseball for Hunter Green.
0: Yep. Part of history.
1: Exactly. I guess we don't really need to do a pitcher or rookie of the week because those yep. are clean sweeps unless you want to continue to talk about Reed Detmers. Oh no,
0: Hunter Green, honorable mention. That's it.
1: Let's go ahead and talk about a superstar shortstop though that can be on the move here soon this season as well as in the offseason as he's a free agent this year. We're talking about a Xander Bogarts, who currently plays for the Boston Red Sox. And as we all know, the Red Sox are not in a good spot right now. They're sitting at 14 and 21, playing a series against the Houston Astros right now. They did win last night, but I can't guarantee that they're going to win this night. And uh, Xander Bogarts might be on the move. So the question is, do you think Xander Bogarts does get traded? And if so, where to? I'm going to say no. As of right now, he doesn't get
0: traded because he said he's open to uh, end season extension. But I think if it's July and they're still uh, fourth or fifth place in the division, even behind Baltimore, it would be a disaster. Uh, I could see St. Louis or San Francisco uh, nationally teams just looking for a little more juice who have prospects.
1: Yeah. Uh, a bad couple of teams there i do say that xander bogarts gets traded just with how competitive that division is i think it's going to be very tough for them to go ahead and claw back into that race and i don't know if you're going to like this destination here uh but i say xander bogarts gets traded to the angels and i think he can actually go ahead and even resign there as well Whoa. Shortstop's kind of the weakness on their spot on their team right now david fletcher's on the 60 day il Uh, and their team can hit that's for sure. And adding Xander Bogarts to this lineup would probably make it the best lineup in all of baseball, uh, especially if Taylor Ward continues to play the way Taylor Ward has played so far this season. I really don't even want to think about that lineup as an A's fan right now, but, uh, I mean, they got the prospects to do it too, if they really want to, it's, it's pretty scary if that were to happen. And honestly, I, I definitely can't see it happen. Let's talk about another team that's struggling right now, and that is the Atlanta Braves. They currently sit a few games under 500, uh, which is not too crazy because they were kind of at the spot last year for most of the season until Ronald Acuna tore his ACL, and then randomly they started to play better, and obviously they ended up winning the World Series. But since they're at that same spot, we're going to be talking about the same things that we talked mm-hmm. about last year at this point. At what point do the Braves' struggles make us worry for their playoff hopes and, and all that stuff?
0: I think we got to wait until the trade deadline. Last year, they looked completely dead and they ended up going shopping. So uh, I think this is an even deeper team than last year, too. So let's give them some time.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to give them some time. But if it's the beginning of July and they're still under 500, that's where I began to panic. And I know they rebounded from that hole last year. I think they were under 500 at the beginning of July but they won the division last year and had like 88 to 90 wins. They're not going to be able to win this division with 88 to 90 wins this year. And I think it's going to be more of a 92 to 95 win uh, spot to even go ahead and get into that wild card spot because of the Cardinals and the Brewers and the uh, the Padres and giants and the Rockies and and all those teams (laughs) as well. They just got, there's a whole bunch of teams in the NL that can go ahead and make a push for those wild card spots. And, uh, I don't think you can play 500 ball in, until July. So if they're not at that point, that's why I go ahead and panic. But as of right now, still super early, but I'd love to see him get back to at least 500 by the end of this month, for sure. All right. It's talking about football time together. It's they it couldn't escape us for too long. We only had a couple of weeks every, we weren't talking about football. Uh, we got the schedule. That night is when I predicted all however many games are in the season and uh, made my whole uh, way too early predictions for that. So we have our playoff predictions, just like playoff seeding. We're not going to go in, oh, this team beats this team in the wild card round and so forth. Mm -hmm. Playoff predictions and our Super Bowl winner way too early pick. Let's start off with the NFC uh, at the seven seed. Who do you have getting in uh, for that last spot?
0: For NFC? Yeah. I got Philly at the seven spot here. I think they've gotten a lot better. AJ Brown helps a lot. Uh, I just think they're going to get smashed by the Cowboys this year. So uh, if you're thinking it's a sleeper to win the division, uh, I'm not quite there yet.
1: I'm saying the Cowboys are that seven spot for me. I don't really think this team improved much and the teams in their division improved a lot. So when I look at that and you're just being complacent, especially with how underwhelming this team was in the playoffs last year, I'm giving them that last spot in the playoffs. They're Not going to be terrible, but they're not going to be anything crazy to, to brag about and say it's their year as Cowboys fans say, next up at six spot,
0: six spot. I got Minnesota. I think Dalvin cook's going to come back firing on all cylinders. Is that a nice one?
1: I uh-huh. like that
0: pick. I think Kirk cousins got something to, uh, to prove here and the defense is getting younger.
1: Yeah, I had the Vikings just outside the playoffs. They actually were that eight spot for me. Uh, but the sixth spot for me is gonna be the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're getting off gonna get off to a little bit of a slow start, even though they have a pretty easy schedule to start, just because Trey Lance is probably gonna be their guy. And he hasn't doesn't have a lot of experience. So uh I think it's gonna take a little while for him to settle in, but once he does, he's gonna be playing some good football and get the Niners in the playoffs because they got a lot of guys I have him go I have him going ten and seven and snagging that yeah. last spot. Next up, number
0: five. Number five, I got the Saints here. Uh, Probably one of the most improved teams in the NFL heading into the year. And Jameis should be ready to go. They've beat Tom Brady and the Bucs four out of five times, including the playoffs since he's been in the division. And they should be solid. Jarvis Landry, Tyron Matthew got two captains right there. Yeah. Just in the past week.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think Jameis is going to play that well this year. So I don't have him making the playoffs, but my five seed is going to be the Cardinals and this team. I don't know. I don't really like them too much, but then again, they also won a lot of games in the regular season last year. So I could see him winning a good amount of games in the regular season this year as well. I have them going 10 and seven as well. Same as the Niners, Uh, both teams won three and three within the division. So I'm not really too sure what the tiebreaker was, but the Mm -hmm. Cardinals get the five spot over the Niners. Next up, that number four spot, the worst division winner in the NFC.
0: I got the Rams here. I think they're going to try to repeat last year. Some guys coming back from injury will help them out for sure. Um, But other than that, they're probably just going to cruise through the regular season because they know what it takes now since they've all been there to the Super Bowl.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. I am going with the Eagles at number four. I think this team can really take the jump this year. And I think Jalen Hurts will take the jump this year. I think they really got it going on uh, towards the end of the season last year where they started running the ball the first five, six weeks of the season. They just like didn't run the ball at all. After that, they became one of the best running teams in all of football. And I think they even broke their franchise record for most rushing yards in a season by the end of it. So I think they're going to start doing that week one this year rather than week seven. Uh, and play pretty good football and actually win their division. Uh, and just like every single year, the NFC East will have a new division winner since it's been that way for the last like 20 years at this point. Next up, the number three spot. Number three, I got the
0: Packers here. Rodgers is coming back. The defense should be a lot better. Just don't know about their receivers. We don't know about special teams. Uh, That part will be interesting for sure. But another team that usually cruises through the regular season with no
1: issues. I think we know about their special teams now, Skyler, because you know who their special teams coordinator is? Boyer? Rich Bisaccia. Oh, that's right. That's right. They're going to be chilling at that aspect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number three for me, though, is going to be the Rams, the reigning champs. I think they could have played uh, a little bit better than this. Uh, 12 and five is what I have them at. But since they have such a hard schedule, 12 and five kind of makes sense for me here.
0: Next up the number two spot. Number two is where I have the Cowboys. I don't think they got any better. I just think the NFC is going to be really weird this year and the Cowboys are going to benefit from it somehow. I think Dak should have a fine year. The offense should be fine, even though they lost uh, a receiver there, but yeah, uh, they're going to have a a great regular season and then lose in their first playoff
1: game again. Yeah. Number 2, uh, I got the Bucks. I think uh this team is pretty much the same as it was last year and they were a really good team last year. So that usually means and they also have some weak teams in their division. I think the Falcons and the Panthers are kind of going to be stepping stones for a lot of teams this teams this year in the NFC. Uh, so with those four wins, I have them going six and O in the division. I think this is the year that they beat the saints in the regular season. And they do it a couple times and, uh, cruise to a number two spot in the NFC. And that sets up mm. who gets the number one spot in the buy in the super wild card weekend.
0: Yeah, that's Tampa Bay for me. Uh, I agree with a lot. You said there, I think they do beat the saints at least one time this year. And Todd Bowles has been waiting for this moment. Uh, you know I feel like everyone knows this this year uh, more than even more than last year will probably be Brady's last year Uh, so that'll that'll put some extra emphasis on this team
1: yeah the the bucks are so weird I mean we thought that they were going to be good and then we thought that they were going to be bad because Brady retired and then he unretires and then we're like like we're just confused right now about the bucks, yeah. but I think it's pretty safe to say that they're going to be a pretty damn good team going into this upcoming season, but the number one spot going 15 and two and cruising into that number one spot is going to be the Packers reason why it's because there's always this drama going around the Packers, the preseason. this happened the last two, three years at this point, they start playing and everything just figures itself out. They have Aaron Rodgers on the field. Uh, I know he's, choked year after year in the playoffs, but this isn't the playoffs in the first 17, 18 weeks of the season. So Packers cruise into the number one spot. They also have one of the easiest divisions in all football. So I think uh, 15 and two, maybe, maybe not 15 and two, but uh, that's what I have them at right now. So we'll see. Is there any other team in the NFC that you want to talk about a, a little bit that maybe just misses the playoffs or you think is going to be really bad or Surprising. No, I,
0: I would say maybe San Francisco just misses for me. Uh, that's about it, though, in my opinion.
1: I, don't I trust do want to. <laughs> I do want to. Yeah, it's fair. I do want to say the Lions. I think are going to be a lot better than what a lot of people say. I have them going eight and nine. Not a crazy season, but they got a lot of pieces on offense now. Amon Ra's good. Jamison Williams is a stud. Obviously, Hawkinson's there, and DeAndre Swift is there as well. So they have a little bit of an exciting offense. Dan Campbell's got a lot of players that like playing for him. It sounds like as well. So we know how big that usually plays into uh, like the brotherhood aspect of the NFL. Yeah. That's but, how uh, we did
0: it with the Rex Ryan, I guess. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so uh, I think they miss out on the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be some uh, super shitty team that they've been for the last 80 years yeah. at this point. Uh, let's go to the AFC now with that number seven spot. Who is it Skylar?
0: I'm going to go with the dolphins here at number seven. Uh, last time we did this, they didn't have Tyreek yet and they were on the bubble for me. So uh, I'll give them the nod here. Uh, McDaniel should be cooking up whatever he wants here. And I, I know the division's a lot better, but I think the dolphins are, are still a lot better than the Patriots or the jets. Unfortunately.
1: Number seven for me is going to be the chargers at 11 and six. I think it's a toss up for a lot of these teams within this division. Uh, I had every single team in the AFC West going three and three within the division because it's just too hard to predict. So every single home game uh, within the division, I just chose that team to win, but chargers go 11 and six sneak into that number seven spot. Uh, and that leads us to number six,
0: number six. I'm going to go with Cincinnati former AFC champions here. I think they're just going to be a game off of my number one seed game or two off. That's why they're in the wild card. But other than that, they should be fine.
1: Number six for me is going to be the Broncos 11, six as well. Same thing as the chargers. Just, I guess they get the tiebreaker on a number five, mm-hmm.
0: number five. I have the chargers S- similar situation to Cincinnati here. One of the most improved teams in the league. And uh, again, a game or two off of the division, maybe, Maybe they lose that week 17 game and uh, get the wild card.
1: Number five for me is going to be the chiefs at 12 and five. They again, go three and three within the division. They just play a little bit better than the Broncos and a little bit better than the chargers and uh, get that number five spot. I do think losing Tyreek, even though they added a few guys in their offense is going to be a bigger thing than what a lot of people think it is. And also losing Tyron Matthew in the secondary is pretty big too. Justin Reed's good, but he's no, no honey badger. That's for sure. On to the number four spot. I got the Colts at
0: number four here. I don't think Tennessee is going to be very good. Uh, and I guess I trust Philip rivers more than Tannehill is what it comes down to.
1: Philip rivers. Uh, Matt Ryan. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't think old man Phillips coming back, uh, but I do have the Colts being that four seed for me as well. They go 10 and seven Titans go nine and eight. Uh, so really it's when the division or bust for both those teams, because with how good there is in the AFC North and how good the AFC West is, you don't really have a lot of room for air when it gets, comes to that. So Colts go 10 and seven are the worst team in the AFC playoffs yet they become the four seed because of winning the division next up number three who is it number three i got buffalo here
0: another team that's gonna rinse repeat recycle what's the what what is the, the what am i thinking of
1: recycling
0: <laughs> rinse and repeat
1: reduce reuse recycle
0: <laughs> exactly pretty, uh... exactly they're trying to get a little younger too and uh you know, Trey White's out, so they go get a, a corner in the draft in the first round. Stuff
1: like that is uh, is why they're gonna win their division. That's about it. Yeah, uh, I have the Ravens as a number three seed. I think this team is very sneakily improved in this offseason. I think their offense has taken a little bit of a weird direction, but their defense has gotten better. That's for sure. Twelve and five seems pretty reasonable for me here. And, uh, people might be asking, where are the Browns on my rankings? I have them as the first team out at number eight. I think Deshaun Watson gets six to eight games on his suspension. And just because of those six to eight games alone, they're not making the playoffs. Uh, if he's healthy or not healthy, if he's not suspended, obviously that's going to change up a lot of things in my projections. But, uh, as of right now, I think six to eight is what a pretty large consensus is. So, uh, that's why I got the Browns missing out. All right. On to number two. Number two,
0: I got the Chiefs. I know it's uh, it's a tougher division, but I'm not phased. And Mahomes is not either.
1: What's the point of being a fan if you're not optimistic, Skyler? I got to go with okay. the Raiders at number two. I have us winning the division, and a lot of people might call me crazy, but we still got a 20% chance to win the division according to – pro football focus or whatever. Yeah. But if we were in a different division, we'd probably have a lot higher chance. So it's not saying that this team's a slouch or anything like that, but I think 13-4 is somewhat reasonable. I think uh, a lot of the games outside of the division, outside of the division are pretty easy. Uh, we played the Steelers this year. We played the Seahawks. We played the Jags. We played the Texans. A whole bunch of those teams there. Uh, and we added the best receiver in football. And we added one of the best defensive players in football the last 10 years, and when you add that to the guys that we already have, probably going to have the best offense in the league. And if you just have a subpar to average defense, you're going to be one of the better teams in the whole national football league. So I hope this comes true and I hope we win the division for the first time in uh, forever. It's about my whole lifetime at this point.
0: <laughs> number one, sees guy, who gets to buy number one? I got the Ravens. I think they're the most improved team in football. I'm going to say they're a year off of, the Super Bowl, but they should dominate the regular season this year.
1: I don't know about a year out of the Super Bowl. I think I'm saying massively bold prediction here. I think Lamar yeah. Jackson leaves Baltimore next season because oh. he is negotiating contract by himself. He doesn't have an agent. And uh usually that's not the smartest thing. Uh Obviously, if they win a Super Bowl, that would year, be crazy. He, he probably comes back and, and does that there, but a lot of people saying that he wants to go play for Miami. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, and I don't think that'd be the best thing for Jets fans either. But the number one seed for me has got to be the Buffalo Bills. Uh, just very smooth team on both sides of the ball. Fun offense, great defense. Obviously, added another one of the best players within the past ten years on defense, Von Miller. Skyler's shaking his head because uh, there's a lot of similarities between the Bills and the Chiefs. And I've shook in my head about some of the moves that the Chiefs have made before uh, and having to go against them is pretty tough. But uh, Bills are the number one seed in my way too early NFL playoff seeding prediction. How about a Super Bowl winner, Skyler? Who do we got?
0: Okay. My Super Bowl is going to be the Bucks over the Chargers. Tom Brady wins it all in his last season, I think. Justin herberts uh, he's just got the magic right now. I know you don't want to hear it, uh, but he's, he's unbelievable. And kind of how Joe Burrow took over games in the playoffs, even with the terrible O-line last year, uh, was heroic. I think a similar thing could happen here with the Charges.
1: Yeah, I got the Colts over the Eagles. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going the Bucks over the Bills. Uh, two super good teams there, uh, and I think Tom Brady won it all in his final season definitely makes a lot of sense. And That's why uh, came if back. Was scripted, if it wasn't
0: scripted for him. Then
1: exactly. Then it came back. <laughs> dude, Roger goes, Tom, Tom, we scripted it for you. You're winning the Super Bowl this year. You can't leave us. And <laughs> oh, Eagles, let me call Grant. He's like, okay, Gracky, we're coming back to Tampa Bay for another year and win, win another Vince Lombardi. Do I don't uh, know if my knees could handle that. Uh, But the Bucks get yeah. their third ring and Tom Brady get the eighth. Uh, seems like it's a pretty good chance of happening this year. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for the first half. Let's go ahead and send it to halftime.
0: Welcome to Halftime. This one's going to be all about the NBA Draft Lottery. Just got the results a couple of minutes ago. And uh, I guess we'll start from the top here. Number one, Orlando Magic. They win the lottery. This magic moment, just like uh, that 30 for 30 when uh, they had like the ninth best odds. They end up going number one, taking Shaq. Happened again. They took Chris Webber, traded him for Penny. Uh, so good for them. I think they're uh, they're kind of locked here to take Jabari Smith. They don't really need a big man uh, like Chet Holmgren. They already got a bunch of them. You know, Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter played a lot of minutes for him last year. So I like Jabari Smith. He could kind of do it all here. Number two, OKC. Perfect situation for them. They want Chet Holmgren. Orlando's not going to take him. Um, building around the big men in OKC uh, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, of course, too. Uh, good for them. And then the third pick, I feel like top three here, kind of locked in, at least for now. Maybe we yeah. uh, we find some crazy stories here like uh, Laramie Tunsil in the NFL draft. Other than that, Paulo Banquero, pick number three to Houston. Um, he's the best player available here. It's It's the top three guys, and after that, there's a big drop-off, I think, Paolo has probably a lower ceiling than the other two guys before him. That's why he's going three here, but he's ready to go now. You know, there's been some, uh, some friction with Christian Wood, and he would take a spot immediately. Uh, no hesitation from the Houston organization. Number four here, Sacramento. The Kings jump up three spots to four here, and they desperately need to get... Another guard here. Uh, some kind of replacement for Tyrese Halliburton. And there's two here. Two pretty good ones. Jaden Ivey, shooting guard from Purdue. 20 points per game was good in the in the tournament. And Shaden Sharp, guard from Kentucky, didn't play this year. But still high on everyone's board. Uh, you know, should be interesting here. And, uh, you know, carrying over to the five pick, Detroit kind of gets screwed. They fall out of the top four. But Keegan Murray, a guy they probably would have taken at four, is still here. That's the, uh, the sophomore forward from Iowa. 27 points per game last year. And uh, that could be us a bonus replacement for him. Or one of those guards fall. There they go uh, to number six. You know, Shaden Sharp, Jaden Ivey. Uh, seven fall in a spot is the Blazers. Um, they need pretty much everything. <laughs> Dame Lillard said today uh, on the broadcast you know it's not one player that's going to help them rebuild this thing it's uh it's a combination of a lot of things guys playing good defense uh the right coaches the right guys on the right spots stuff like that so they're probably in a best player available situation too uh, number eight new orleans uh from the lakers pick here uh interesting there and uh I'm looking at Tankathon. They have them taking Dyson Daniels. That's the, uh, the G League guard. 13.7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Maybe a little bit of Josh Giddy and that guy. Uh, number, t- number 9 uh, through 12 all went uh, went chalk here with Spurs at 9, Wizards 10, Knicks 11, and Thunder from the Clippers at 12. So it should be interesting. There's a lot of... A lot of good players in this class some carrying over from a COVID year um guys coming out of nowhere and of course uh the 10 or so dudes we thought would be here in the first place so I'm excited we're we're still uh, a little bit away but we're getting there NBA draft should be exciting and uh, especially for those for those teams that have been struggling for a while, they finally uh, got their shot at a franchise centerpiece here.
1: All righty, that's going to go ahead and do it for halftime. Let's get back to the second half now. and We're talking about basketball again. Two teams had disappointing ends to this season. That's the Sixers and the Suns. Uh, do we see any of these teams blow it up in this this offseason?
0: I'm going to say no, they don't. With Philly, they just got Doc Rivers to come back. Uh, I, I feel like they wouldn't uh, you know, start a blow-up with Doc Rivers. He's not a very patient guy, it seems like. Uh, so they're going to run it back. Maybe another midseason trade if things don't work out. But as of right now, I think they'll be fine. Phoenix, they're a year off of winning. Not winning. Getting getting to the finals here. I I think they're a little closer than people may think. It was a horrific collapse here uh, against Dallas, but I don't think anyone's going anywhere yet.
1: Yeah. As far as the Sixers go, I think Tobias Harris has played his last game as a Sixer. I think they probably trade him. Obviously, they can't really get too much for him because he's kind of overpaid and not like a star by any means at this point in his career. But I think the addition of depth on the Sixers roster would very much help them. Uh, you look at some teams around the association and there's, there's a lot more depth on those squads, like the Celtics. They just have a lot of guys that can go ahead and play for them. If a guy gets hurt or something like that, we're going to, we're going to see that tonight with uh Horford and smart being out. And those other guys, Williams and also Williams, uh, stepping up into big roles for Grant and Robert there. But the Sixers don't have that. They're playing gorgeous Yang. Gorgeous Yang. He fucking sucks. And they're playing him <laughs> like 30 minutes in some of these games. And he's just, God, he's so fucking terrible. You just can't. Like, if you have a guy like that on the floor at any point of a playoff game, you're not winning it. It's it's that simple. So Sixers need to get some depth. Get a guard that can score off the bench. tell Harden to lock it the fuck in. And retool up for next year and lose in the second round again. (laughs) As far as the Suns go, though, they're in a bit of an interesting situation. I have heard some weird things about Aiden. That's the one thing. They could transition. He's a free agent this year, so they can go ahead and see what they want to do from that. A lot of people think that there's some teams that are going to offer him a max contract, but there's a lot of people also think that the Suns aren't going to be one of those teams to offer him a max contract. So we might see him on the move. Obviously, that opens up a big center role that the Suns need to fill in because Aiden plays a pretty big role on their squad. Might be a lot of people are saying 37-year-old CP3 is washed because in his two games as a 37-year-old, he's averaging like seven points a game. I know that's only two games, but let's not forget CP3 is going to turn 38 next year. So he's not going to be around forever, obviously. So maybe they want to groom a guard into that role. I don't think campaign's going to do that. Uh, so maybe they go ahead and trade something or do a sign-in trade with Aiton, try to get a, a young center and a piece back or something like that. Uh, obviously, they got guys that are young, Booker, Mikel Bridges. Those guys are studs. I just, I think the Suns' peak, honestly, was last year at this point. I I don't think this team really has the ability to go ahead and just do something where, cause if they don't have it this year with the roster that they have right now, I don't think they're going to have it next year uh, with the things that they're going to have to go through with this roster in the off season. So
0: I, I, don't think think I don't think you're wrong. I just, maybe I'm just a little hesitant to, to uh, get rid of something that has worked recently.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I just don't think they're going to pay eight in the money, which is weird. I think he works well for them, but just out of what I've heard, I don't think they're going to go ahead and give him max contract. Uh, but I don't, I mean, go bears a, a guy that can move, but I don't really think that that's going to be. Uh, That'd be weird. <laughs> an, an option. Cause I don't really think the Suns have the assets that the, the jazz would want back in a trade for, for go bear. Uh, there's some guards around the league that might be moving squads, but I don't know. I just don't see the Suns really replacing that eight and roll as well as they probably could. And then I don't really, cause I, I mean, CP three, I still think is going to be good next year. We'll probably still make the all-star team and whatnot, but you got to know that his demise is coming. Like it's just, it's inevitable. There's not, there's no other person besides LeBron that just plays ageless. So, uh, I mean, they just got to do something at that point and start grooming a guard to take over CP CP zero CP zero rings. That's his (laughs) name now, uh, his role and, uh, build the squad up for Booker and bridges and those guys. Cause yeah, probably have a future defensive player of the year at some point in Mikael bridges, because Uh that seems like that's how the the theme of things are going. Uh, best defensive team, best player is going to get the award. Now at this point, it kind of seems like, unless there's some crazy standouts and, uh, we obviously know what Devin Booker is. So it's not Luca, I'll tell you that, but we know that he's a stud. Go Conference on. finals are here, though. Suns aren't in it. Sixers aren't in it, obviously. But we have the Celtics and the Heat. Game one starts tonight in about an hour. How do you see this series going? And uh, kind of putting you on the spot here, but the NBA yeah. added these new awards with conference, uh, final MVPs for each of them. So maybe you pick out who that conference final MVP might be.
0: Okay. So I have Miami and seven here. I, even before this news came out today, I had a feeling Miami would start off really hot. I think they're the better team. I think having home field advantage and rest helps them a lot. Boston has had a lot of guys stepping up every game for them, Uh, even with Tatum still going crazy. So I don't think Boston's going to be done after this, even if they start down uh, two games to none here. Uh, Miami and seven and MVP will go with. uh, We'll go with Tyler Hero. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think Gabe Vincent would be an interesting pick because. uh, You know, uh, they don't want to mess with the bench. So when guys are hurt, he'll come up and start. Uh, So that could be a sleeper pick there.
1: If I were to say that he were going to win, I'd definitely go Jimmy Butler. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's valid pick. We've seen Andre Iguodala in a funnels MVP before, and he was like the fifth best player on that team. Yeah. But that series, I say Celtics in seven, I would say Celtics in six, but no smart, no Horford tonight. I, it's just like a damn near impossible game to win. So if they do win it, which I hope they do, uh, that'd help my prediction a shit ton, obviously. But, uh, Celtics in seven, I, I think is pretty reasonable and uh, Tatum Tatum's got to be the the yeah. MVP for, for them. Mm-hmm. If they go ahead and do that, I think uh, you'll see why, what I think here in my bold prediction, once we get to that a little bit later on into the show, uh, then we got the Western conference finals. The Warriors are back in it for the sixth time in eight years. Feels good to say that we are finally back in the conference finals. It seems like a light a light thing to, to be the, that we're in the conference finals again. But when you look at it, it really isn't, man. It, it's, you can't take this stuff for granted. It's the past two years have been a little rough as a Warriors fan, but now that we're back into the spot, you got to make sure that you're valuing every moment that we have with this, the squad and these guys, because there's going to be no warrior trio like Draymond and uh step ever again.
0: Very well, but played. we're
1: playing the Mavs and they got a newcomer into the playoffs at this point he's never been this deep that's uh, luka donsich how do we see the series going Skyler?
0: i have the warriors in six games i don't think it's going to be easy at all uh but steve kerr's back dallas runs a small lineup similar to golden state so uh we saw in the last series when memphis uh memphis was running big and we couldn't match it it was an issue but the difference here is I don't think Dallas has anyone to stop the offense rebounds
1: when more are going crazy. Um, okay. But Boban's not playing 40 minutes. Boban Boban's played like three minutes as postseason yeah. And he's not, get, he's not getting it. Uh, I'll tell you that. Unless and, uh,
0: well, well, the last note here is playoff loony. He's stopping that guy. That's the decider of the series. Exactly. MVP stuff.
1: Playoff loony is definitely built different. I think he, uh, He's a fucking dog for sure. I'm going to go Warriors in five. I think the dubs actually match up very well with the Mavs because they don't have the ability to play big like the this, the Grizzlies do. I don't think uh, Mavs like to play as defense where they double the, the the guy that's carrying the ball up the court uh, and force the ball out of their hands or it, probably whoever's the best score pr- try to force the ball out of their hands but if how the Warriors are set up with when they have clay pool and Steph on the floor at the same time, you can't just go and double because there's, there's going to be guys that are left open and you're not going to double Draymond because like nobody even guards Draymond. So like, you're not going to double him. Uh, I think that makes it a very tough situation for the Mavs to guard all four or five guys that can shoot on the lineup at once. Uh, I'm going to go, Series MVP is Andrew Wiggins. I think he does a good job with Luca and has a couple big dunks and some big shots throughout the series uh, with that, that doubling defense that they play. And, uh, even though he might not put up the most points, yeah, I think Wiggins could have a big series here and, uh, lead the Warriors back to the NBA finals for, uh, well, the sixth time in eight years.
0: I hope it's pool to be honest with you. He needs to get it together.
1: I mean, he came out of nowhere, so I'm giving Poole a break. Okay, okay. Uh, Especially it being his first postseason. I'm not really, I wasn't really expecting anything too crazy from him. I know we need him in that first series for a little bit, but I think we'll be fine uh, with him just savaging 15 to 17 points per night.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fine with me. (laughs) Be awesome.
1: Uh, Let's go ahead and get to our layups and bold predictions, though, before we go ahead and get on out of here. And then something else, too, I did forget about, so we'll go back to that as well. Uh, but last week I had a rough week. Skyler got his layup right though. I had dubs in five dubs, one in six. We don't want to talk about game five, but Skyler had angels win the series over the A's. They yep. took three out of four from us. So good job from Skyler there. If it wasn't for Louise Barrera walk off home run, then they would have swept us. But shout out to Louise for getting that job done there. This week, I have the Marlins over the Nats on Wednesday. That game's tomorrow. Pablo Lopez starts that game. Last time he pitched against the Nats, he threw six or seven shutout. So I'm going with the Marlins at home tomorrow against the Nats.
0: All right. Uh, I'm going to stick him with NBA. Uh, Heat over Boston tonight. I know uh, now after the news came out about the the two Boston guys not playing, the odds aren't –
1: aren't crazy, but, uh, I'm just going to stick with so it to layup. Yeah. Yeah. So to lay up. Last week uh, for bold predictions, me and Skyler both did not do good. I had the Dodgers sweep in Philly. That definitely did not happen. Philly had a good series over the weekend uh-huh. in LA and then Skyler had Toronto winning the series at Tampa. Obviously that did not happen uh, because that went wrong as well. This week, though, I went in a different direction than I've ever gone before. As far as a, a prediction, I say Jason Tatum averages 30 plus in this series against Miami and really turns this series, is I think, is going to be the series that really turns him into that guy. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, league's in good hands. Tatum's only 24. He's going to be a stud in the future. Well, this guy's a stud right now. And, uh, 30 plus in the series for Tatum, uh, average wise and, uh, Leads the Celtics to their first finals appearance since Nine. nine? Eleven? Eleven maybe. I think that eleven finals yeah. was against wait, no. No. I don't know. But it was something around that point. That that's for sure.
0: I think but it was uh, against the Lakers.
1: Yeah, so it was that. against the Lakers. I just don't know yeah. what year that was. Yeah. But Anyways, Scott, what's your bullpen? Go find it this out. Uh, I,
0: I say the Yankees are going to sweep the White Sox. Last week, the Yankees took three out of four in Chi Town. They're going to the Bronx. The Yankees are going to sweep them.
1: Yeah, the Bronx Bombers are, are rolling right now. They're hitting a lot of home runs, that's for sure. Uh,
0: Nestor Cortez, you know, best pitcher in the American League right now.
1: Or Paul Blackburn, that's debatable. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Nestor's done a freaking stud so far. J- JV, Justin Verlander is another guy that you can yeah, join yeah. that conversation as well. Uh, but before we go ahead and get out of here, something I did forget about at the beginning of the show was our favorite number 88. Uh, uh, yeah. So Skylar, who do you got for me here?
0: I'm going to go with Broncos and Jets legend Demarius Thomas. Rest in peace. But during his career, four-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and the Broncos and was he was just a solid number one dude for his entire career.
1: Yeah, I'm also going dT here is my call. Uh, favorite number eighty eight even though he played for the Broncos for a lot of his career. Yeah. There's a lot of moments in this guy's career that you just can't you can't like forget about. He had that Super mm-hmm. Bowl obviously. Uh, that passed a few years before with uh, Tim Tebow first yeah. play overtime is one of the most iconic plays of football that sticks out of my brain in my lifetime. And uh, RIP to DT, that's for sure. Yeah, and yeah, so shout out to Marius, uh, great career there, obviously. And uh, that's gonna do it for episode 88. It's been a fun one, pretty quick, pretty action packed. Uh, but we'll see you guys next week for episode 89. We're almost getting to the 90s scale <laughs> And you know what's after the 90s, right? 100. 100. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite gonna
0: number, 103?
1: We're going to have to pick referees, dude. We're going to have to pick referees. Those are the only people that were, were 100 plus or yeah. the Yankees in 300 years when they run out of retired numbers because this is they've true. already had. About like 30 retired, it seems like.
0: Yeah. They'll just replace uh, the numbers with ads in the future, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) They're retiring Lucky's grocery store. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Or they're going to do letters. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. Anyways,
0: that'd be way too weird.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're going on way too long here. L. Uh, All right. We'll see you guys next week. Go Go dubs. Uh, Go hockey. Go hockey, fuck yeah. Go hockey. Oh,
0: yeah, man.